John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. Thank you for making the time to join me as we study the word of God. Coming to you from Calvary Baptist Church. This is Pastor Fred Digby. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are your children. And we thank you for the opportunity we have to hear from you. You speak to us. You correct us. You heal us. You give us knowledge and wisdom. And above all, you have left your word, the Bible, to guide us through life. As we read and teach and preach from your word, may it land on fertile soil that yields fruit unto eternity. This I pray for in Jesus' name. Amen. Timothy, 2 Timothy, which is believed to be the last book that Paul wrote to his son in the faith, Timothy, before he died. In this book, it takes a prophetic insight or a prophetic outlook to tell him what was going to happen at the end of time. We've talked about that and we'll summarize it again next week. But basically, what he was telling Timothy and he's telling you and I as believers is that we must have knowledge and be responsible. Paul informed Timothy about the character of the last days, the times in which we live, but also to instruct him how to respond because our actions must be based on knowledge. And if we have knowledge and we don't choose the appropriate action, it will not help us. So today, as we come to the third part of that action that he must take, we look at how Paul instructed Timothy and you and I to continue in the word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, from verse 13 to 17, we read, While evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continuing what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learnt it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. And read verse 16 again. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God 
may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's why we sing the song, Ancient Words, that the modern songwriter has written and sung to remind us of the power of the ancient word. Yes, Paul, telling Timothy, how he must be a student of the word of God. And it comes to us today, particularly talking about how Timothy, for that matter, believers living in these last days, must treasure the Bible. And Paul is not just telling us to read it and to just learn it as literature. By saying the purpose of our Bible study is not just to understand doctrines or to be able to defend the faith. That is important. However, the ultimate purpose is to equip the believer who has read it and equip that believer to be doing God's work, to be in God's service. Because the times are evil and people are choosing to do their own thing. But they must see believers who believe the word of God and who are teaching and living in accordance with the word of God. This passage that we just read is a very important passage in helping us to understand what we should know. You see, Paul turned from the false leaders and false teachers and all these people to tell him one thing that there will be so many quack leaders in those days. There will be people who will be deceiving and those who will be deceived. You see, the only way Satan can deceive people is to twist God's lies. Has the Lord said, has the Lord said. And he did that to Adam and Eve. And he did that to even Jesus. The only way our Lord Jesus was able to conquer Satan is when he quoted the full scripture and the Lord God who said, but it is written, it is written, it is written. Satan had nothing else to do but to run away to prepare for another day. There are some people who think I've read the Bible over and over again, so I don't need it. It's only for children now. I've noticed in my own life that as I read the Bible, there are times you hear something, you read something, you say, what? I didn't know it is there. I didn't see it this way. Why? That's the power of the Word of God. As some have said, it is the only book when you are reading it, the author stands beside you, the Holy Spirit. He illuminates you. He illumines you. He shines the light for you to see something which is relevant to your situation and whatever you are going through and gives you an insight. So, we learned five good things about the Bible today. Why we must read it prayerfully and as students of the Bible. The first thing he says is that they are sacred letters. That is, they are holy scriptures. The suggestion to Timothy is that these scriptures are holy. They are not just things that have been thrown around casually. Definitely, Paul was talking to Timothy about the Old Testament scriptures. They are being put down carefully, inspired by God, and in those days, they had just the five books of Moses, the Torah, that they read. But they were used to teach them, teach children, teach adults how to live, how to live in society, what to do and what not to do, how to respect this book, how not to see it as any other book and just read the story and just go ahead 
and do what you want to do. No. It is a book that has a lot of important information that you are to read and understand and apply to your life. It's not like any other book. In fact, the records show that it is the best-selling book of all time in the world. Well, whether we read it and believe it and live it is a different thing. But people have come to appreciate the fact that it is a very important book and it has been translated over and over and over again to many, many languages. For some of the groups in this world, it is only because of the Bible that their languages are alive, that they can read the Word of God. The Bible has been used to teach people how to read, how to write. It's been translated and has performed a lot of wonderful things in the lives of people. Why? Because they are sacred letters and you are interacting with a letter written by God himself. And, Paul and Timothy, when you have it, you have to read it. You see, these days, because it is all over the place, some have been given free, you can buy it cheap, it is online, we don't treasure it. Let me tell you again today, it is not like the newspapers. It is not like what you read online. No, I mean those books and WhatsApp, no, these are sacred. They are from God. They have life in them. And they are written for a purpose. What is the purpose? If you read the Bible, you come to the second point of what Paul wanted Timothy to know. That these scriptures lead us to salvation. The scriptures have a purpose. Why they were written, and why we must read it, and why we must apply it. They lead us to salvation. See, we are not saved by believing that the Bible is a special book. No. Now you can believe that it's a special book, and it is. Because Jesus said in John 5.39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. You see, eternal life is in Jesus. But there are some people when they have the Bible, they think the Bible is powerful. So they put it under their pillow and this and that. I can tell you, a number of things have happened and I've seen it that have led people to believe that the Bible is so special that even if you don't read it, it will save you. There have been instances where houses have been burnt, churches have been burned, cars have been burned, and guess what? The Bible has been left intact and not burned. And so people believe that the Bible by itself is a powerful book, and they treat it as a book of magic. But let me tell you this. What Jesus is saying is that believing in the Bible is not what cuts it. No. The Bible reveals God. The salvation comes from trusting that Jesus Christ, who is revealed in the Bible, is the one who saves you. It comes by knowing that you are a sinner and you need to receive Christ. The Bible comes to show you as a mirror that you are dirty, that you are a sinner, that you are headed for hell. That you tell lies, you don't forgive, you are not what God wants you to be. It's a mirror that shows you how filthy you are. And yet, the Bible goes on to explain to every lost sinner how you are condemned and how you need a savior now. It's a book that shows you how you can move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. How you can be a citizen of heaven even now. And it even goes on 
to show you how you can be saved and bring others into the knowledge of God. The Bible reveals God's wonderful plan about how Christ died for us and how we can trust him, how he will save us. And it also helps us know that when you have received this Jesus as your Lord, it is a gift that has been given and you can grow and grow and grow in him. The Bible goes on to also say, it is food, it is spiritual food that can nourish you, body, soul, and spirit that will help you to grow in grace. The Bible is also presented to us as a sword of the spirit that we can use to fight the battles in this world to overcome temptation. So you see, it's not just a book to put on the shelf and not read. No, it's the scriptures that lead us to salvation, that lead us to growth. So it is to be read. It is to be digested. It is sword. It is fire. So it's like somebody giving you food. You can look at the food and smell it. Oh, the aroma is good. But it doesn't do you any good. It only does you good when you take that food, you eat it, and you digest it. Then you get what is in it. So what is the Bible? The Bible contains the word of God. But God's word is to be read. God's word is to be understood. God's word is to be applied. But above all, God's word is to be lived. The scriptures lead us to salvation. And why does it lead us to salvation? Because the Bible is completely dependable. It is God-breath. Breath of God. This is a doctrine of the inspiration of the Bible. Where does it come from? We are told that the Bible was inspired by God. It is something that is difficult for you and I to understand. But that is what the Bible says about itself. All scripture is God breathed. Or God put it together. The doctrine of the inspiration of scripture is important because that is the doctrine that Satan attacked from the beginning. Did God say, did God say, did God say? Yeah, God said it. And therefore, Adam and Eve were supposed to understand it. It is inconceivable that God will give people a book that they cannot trust. God's word is trustworthy. And therefore, we must believe it. Jesus said in John 17, 17, Lord God, your word is the truth. In 1 John 5, 6, he says, this is he who came by water and the blood, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. The Spirit is truth. It testifies. And Jesus said, thy word is truth. What is he saying here? God's word is truth. When Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. What he's telling us is that whatever he says is the truth. And that truth is in the word of God. The Holy Spirit used men of old to write the scriptures. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, we read, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy has ever produced for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along 
by the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? It simply says God used the people who wrote the Bible. The Spirit did not erase their natural characteristics as human beings. In fact, God's providence prepared these writers in writing the scriptures. Each writer had his own style and vocabulary. So the terms that Paul used is different from the terms that Peter used is different from what they use in the Old Testament. They are all different. Each book of the Bible grew out of a special set of circumstances. Some are written as letters, some are written as poetry by David when he was in the wilderness suffering and running, each one. So it is a whole library. In the preparation that God gave to human beings, he guided them through history, through their working, some were shepherds, and so they could take things from their background as Amos, as a shepherd, some were fishermen, so they could, they could understand being fishers of men, some were farmers. God worked all of these things out to bring out the miracle of scriptures. The scriptures are totally dependable. Breath or breath of God. So all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that is it. It is God breathed. It is inspired by God. You must not think that, oh, the inspiration is just like the way some modern writers say they sleep and they wake up and they are inspired and they write a certain song or Shakespeare was inspired and wrote play. It is not at the same level. What we must understand by biblical inspiration is that there's a supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the writers of the Bible, which guaranteed that they wrote the accurate and trustworthy revelation. So, revelation means communicating the truth to man by God. Inspiration has to do with the recording and this communication in a way that is dependable. Big things. So, what is the conclusion? Listen carefully. Here I quote Warren Wisby. He says, whatever the Bible says about itself, about man, about God, about life, about death, about history, science, and every other subject is true. This does not mean that every statement in the Bible is true because the Bible records the lies of men and of Satan, but the record is true. End of quote. So what is saying? The Bible is not a book of science, but whatever it says about science, about history, about anything, is true. The Bible also records lies. It doesn't mean that those lies are true. Sometimes somebody will argue, oh, you know, Solomon married so many people, so many women. I say it is true. But when you read 1 Kings 11, it tells you the consequences of marrying so many women is that when he was old, those women turned his heart after all the gods and their gods, and the man became confused. So you see the consequences of those things. That is what the inspiration of God is. That's what the doctrine of inspiration is all about. The figures... The things are not doctored to suit somebody. The fact that Peter was a leader of the church did not mean that at one time he deserted, he told a lie. All of them are recorded over there. You can take the word of God as God's accurate history or recording of what happened and how you and I are to live to give glory and honor to his name. That is the book.
But when we move from that, the fourth characteristic of the Bible is that it is profitable. It is useful. It is satisfying. It is purposeful. It is fruitful. You see, the scriptures are profitable. Why? Let me read verse 16 again. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. What does it mean? It means it is profitable to teach you doctrine. That is what is right. What do you know? What can you learn about how God created the world? How can, what can you learn about the history of Israel, the history of humanity? It answers certain questions. What is right? Doctrine. How was Jesus born? What did he do? How did he live with his disciples? Is he coming again? What are the consequences of sin? So you can learn all these doctrines. Some systematize it and they call it the, 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 the doctrine or systematic theology. You can go through the Bible and learn about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of Jesus' coming, first coming, second coming. So all these things have been systematized. You can learn them from the Bible itself or from a concordance or from Bible dictionary. You can learn doctrine and say, yes, I believe, I believe. It is profitable for doctrine. That is what is right. It is also profitable for reproof. What is not right? Or the Bible teaches you what is not right, what is not acceptable to God. It is not acceptable to God that you should be disobedient to parents. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long. It is not acceptable to God to tell lies. It is not acceptable to God to have unforgiveness in your life. It is not acceptable to God to commit fornication and adultery. And so when you hear somebody teaching and somebody saying something, the Bible corrects you, it chastises you, it reproves you that it is not right. That's morality. What is the standard? And whose standard are we talking about? We are talking about the standard of God. Okay? And it is good for correction. That's how to get it right. Or what do you do? If any man sin, we have an advocate. Or in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from, from all unrighteousness. So just now, as you are listening to me, maybe you've sinned that you hate your father, you hate your mother, or you've committed adultery because you are, you are following somebody's husband or wife, or you're committing fornication because you are not married, you are living in sin. The Spirit is speaking to you right now. But the Spirit that convicts you is also the Spirit that can lead you to correction. How will that correction come? 1 John 1, 8 and 9, I just said it. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But when we confess our sin, when we repent our, when we repent of our sins, when we say, Lord, I've changed my mind, I won't do it again. And you are sincere about it. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is what the Bible is about. So it is profitable that the guilt that you are carrying, that you've been carrying because of the abortion, because of the lies, once you've confessed them to God and you are serious, you've changed your mind, God will show you what it is. He has forgiven you because Christ took the sins away on the cross. And on the cross, he said, Lord, I believe that you died for me. You forgave my sin. 
then you get correction. It is Satan that keeps accusing you over and over and over again. But when you remind him that on this day, I repented of my sin and God accepted it, then something different happens. Your sins are forgiven. Then what else happens? You are given instruction in righteousness, how to stay right. It is profitable for instruction in righteousness. You see, so the Bible does a lot of things. The Bible is a very powerful one, instructing you not just how to be born again, but how to grow, how to memorize scripture, how to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, how to bear the fruit of the Spirit. So my dear friend, when Paul was telling Timothy what to do in the last days, he was teaching them a lot of things will be happening. Don't focus on the evil things that are happening, but focus on the right thing. Be responsible. This book, scripture, that you have, study it. It is profitable, very profitable. A Christian who studies the word of God and applies it will learn how to grow in holiness and avoid the many, many pitfalls in the world. Sometimes you may not even know what is wrong precisely about what you are hearing in the news, what you are seeing on TV, what you watch on the tube, what, uh, what you are watching in, in, in the social media. But there's a sensor in you by the Holy Spirit that, mm, son, daughter, stay away. And will you stay away? The last but not least of all of these things, the scriptures equip us for service. Why did God give us this scripture? Verse 17 clearly says that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You see, Paul had called Timothy man of God. But here he states that any Christian can become a man or woman of God. Why? Because when you study the word of God, you obey it and let it control your life, you become a very useful tool that God can use. There are people who are named in the Bible, Moses, Samuel, Elijah, Deborah, you name them, Mary, Joseph. They were all people who were devoted to God's word. Two words in this verse is especially important, perfect and finished. The word translated perfect means you become complete, you are fit, you are in shape, you are fit for the condition. You see, it's not sinless perfection, but rather you are equipped to be used by God. Let's say you are finished. has a similar meaning. You are equipped for service. That's when God has called you. He will give you all the gift and all the equipment that you need. A believer can live a life that pleases God to do the work of God. The better we know the word, the better we are able to live to please God. So what did we say? Paul is telling Timothy and he's telling you and I that these are the last days. What, whatever happens, we must learn to pray, but we must also learn to be students of the Bible. And the purpose of the Bible study is not just to understand doctrines and be able to defend the faith. These are important. But the important thing is to equip the believer to read it, to live it, and to do the work of God. Times we live in are not going to be any easier. They will become worse with changing standards, wars and rumors of wars. But God has told us all about these things so that we can be wise. We can be guided. Friends, have you trusted the Lord as your Savior? If so, thank Him. 
But if you have not even taken the step of faith to believe in Him, can you just pray this prayer after me? Lord Jesus, today I give my life to you. Save me from my sin that I may live for you. Holy Spirit, guide me and direct me in all things. I'll be guided by your way. I'll live for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for correcting me. Friends, it's always good to come to you. But the most important thing is not to come to you just to say the word. That you can live the word and let God's word dwell in you richly. Stay blessed. Until next time, this is Calvary saying goodbye. God bless. We have come with open arms. Oh, let the ancient words have come with open arms, oh let the ancient world